0: everybody, and welcome to episode 3 of Pop Goes the Culture. I feel like it's been forever since I last talked to you guys, because the last time I recorded was two Wednesdays ago. I'm still trying to figure out when I want to post the podcast. I don't think I really like Mondays, but I don't know. We'll just see where it goes, and, and if I decide to change it to another day, then I'll let you guys know. Jumping right in, the first thing I wanted to talk about today was movies, because in the past month, I've seen six which might seem like a lot to you guys, but honestly, I wish I could see more. The only thing holding me back, of course, is money because it's expensive to go see movies. Just a warning, there could possibly be some spoilers in this first segment. So if you want to see any of the movies that I'm gonna be talking about and don't want the storyline ruined for you, I would advise that you wait till after you've seen the movie to listen to this part. So the first movie I saw was Avengers Age of Ultron, and I give that four and a half stars simply because it was the second installment. And of course, as a fan of Marvel films, any fan's going to, you know, appreciate the first one a little bit more. But all in all, I really did love this movie. I think it mixed the right amount of action with the right amount of humor. Um, I know Marvel always kind of goes for that extra little kick of humor. And I was in a really large audience for my screening. And just like any other kind of um, entertainment event, like a concert or, any, or anything like that, really. It's such a satisfying experience when you have other people to kind of laugh with or, or even cry with or, you know, whatever your react- reactions are. So, of course, the audience was laughing pretty much the entire movie. And I know there were a lot of articles that came out um, in review of the movie and said that they thought Marvel was kind of trying too hard with the jokes and things they were putting in, um, in comparison to the first movie, I suppose. But, I don't know, I'm fairly easily entertained, and, and I enjoyed it, and I didn't think that they were trying too hard, really. The second movie I saw was The Age of Adeline, which I give four and a half stars to, and simply because it wasn't what I had expected it to be when I went into the movie, Um, which, of course, is completely my fault because I try really hard when I go into movies or or watch TV shows or read books to not go in with expectations because I don't want to have my hopes let down, I suppose. I try to do the same thing when I watch movie adaptations of books. Uh, I try to see them as separate entities because there's a lot of people that go in and they kind of hold on to the fact that the movie should be exactly to what the book is or, or at least as close as it can be. But I really think that they're they're so separate because there's things that you can do in books because you have you know it's it's your imagination, but there are things that they may not be able to do for the on screen aspect. Um, So I just try not to go in with you know huge expectations for movies and things of that sort. It was a really beautiful story, and I think the entire cast did a wonderful job. It's just. It was a very simple story, but it really touched your heart, I think, um, to see, you know, it's, it's kind of like the, the whole Benjamin Button thing, you know, she couldn't really do anything. Um, she just kind of watched the people around her fade away and, you know, watched her own daughter grow to be older than her. Um, just heart-wrenching and, and very touching story. The third movie I saw was The Longest Ride, which I'm going to give three and a half stars to, which just kind of kills me because I made the mistake of going in with expectations again. Um, and it just, the plot line was kind of all over the place and it didn't pan out to be what I was thinking it was going to be. It was very true to Nicholas Sparks' common themes of, you know, love and old meets new and the coming together of different classes. But like I said, the plotline was kind of all over the place, and I just felt like I never really knew where it was going to go next. Another thing that kind of threw me off, and don't get me wrong when I say this, I love Britt Robertson, but I just don't know if she was right for this part. I feel like there was something missing between their relationship. There was just, there wasn't as much chemistry as I think there could have been. Um, but yeah, that was the only other thing that I was really bothered by, um... But seriously, no hate to Burt Robertson, because I love her, and I will actually be talking about her next. That brings me to the fourth movie I saw, which was Tomorrowland. And I give that movie a whopping five stars. Uh, I do love Disney, so I'm pretty biased about that sort of thing. But honestly, I loved the storyline to this movie. I think that everything was so cleverly done and it was so true to Walt Disney's vision of the future. And if you've seen his little models in the parks uh, of Tomorrowland, it was it was so perfect. Uh, there's a part when they kind of go back in time to Frank's storyline, and he goes to the World's Fair, and the, just the architecture and the little you know hover cars and things like that. How they've been designed to resemble Disney's vision of the future—it's just so. Clever. And then you jump to the future, you know, this futuristic representation of Tomorrowland. It's just so visually stunning, and honestly, bravo to Disney for this one. I highly, highly enjoyed it. And I think the entire cast did such a wonderful job. Britt Robertson was perfect for this role, and I think that she and George Clooney's quote unquote chemistry, I guess, but you know, their friendship chemistry, their bantering back and forth, it was well written, and very well acted. The fifth movie I saw was Home, which I give three and a half stars, because I didn't really hate it, but I didn't really love it. Uh, For me it was just kind of a typical cute animated movie, and that's not saying anything against animated movies, because there are a lot of them that I love and deserve more than three and a half stars, but I just wasn't really awestruck with this film. Regardless of that, I think the cast did a really great job. Uh, The main cast consisted of Jim Parsons. If you don't know who that is, it's Sheldon from The Big Bang Theory. Sorry, Jim Parsons, you're just gonna be Sheldon forever. The three other main actors were Rihanna, Jennifer Lopez, and Steve Martin. And finally, the sixth movie I saw was Pitch Perfect 2, uh, which I'm gonna give four and a half stars, again, simply because it's a sequel. I still loved it, and it was still hilarious as ever, but it just can't beat the first one. I just I loved the first one so much, and and with any sequels, in most situations, the second one is not going to be liked as much as the first one. Also, as I was watching, I kept looking at the main German guy and thinking, I know his face, I know him from somewhere, Um, and I couldn't figure it out, so I ended up looking up the list on IMDb, and found out it was Flula Laborg which is a guy that I used to watch all the time on YouTube. Of his, you know, the the confused German guy sitting in his car talking about idioms he didn't understand. Um, but he's also a techno DJ. Um, but that's, yeah, that's the main thing I remember him from, is his funny YouTube videos. I won't go into too much detail about this, um, but I just want to let you guys know some of the movies that I've seen on Netflix that were pretty good. Um... The first one is The Box Trolls. Uh, I also saw Take Care, Alien Abduction, and Mockingbird. They were all pretty good, so I I recommend all of them. Uh, If you have Netflix, just go check them out. There are a lot of movies that are either in theaters now or are going to be soon that I really want to see. Uh, The first one is Unfriended, which of course has been in theaters for quite some time now. And I have never seen a scary movie in theatres, and I think secretly I've just been stalling. Um, But I really, really want to push myself to see that. I also want to see Poltergeist, which of course is another scary movie. So I'll probably just stall again and then just see it when it comes out um, on DVD or something. Aloha looks like such a good movie, so it's definitely on my list. San Andreas, I mean, who doesn't love a good end of the world movie? Um, Spy, which is with Melissa McCarthy, and I think Jason Statham is in it. Uh, of course, just another hilarious movie with Melissa McCarthy in it. And the final one is Jurassic World. A, because Jurassic Park, and B, because Chris Pratt. Also, I'm gonna say, if you are going to see Jurassic World, and you haven't seen the other Jurassic Park movies, go watch them. Please, Not that you really have to see the other ones for the, the new one to make sense, but it's just, they're such classic movies, kind of. And I know classic is such a hard word to apply to things sometimes because people are like, oh, it's not classic enough, that's not real classic. But, I don't know, I grew up with Jurassic Park. So, you and go see it. Go watch all of the other Jurassic Park movies before you see Jurassic World. I mean, come on, the dinosaur man. Jeez. I am so excited for this segment, guys. 28 days until Teen Wolf premieres. Season 5. It's gonna be four weeks on Monday, guys. Life is getting real. It's getting real again. Uh, Sorry about that. I uh, had a little freak out. A few days ago, the official Teen Wolf Twitter account, which is at MTV Teen Wolf, uh, premiered a new trailer spot, I guess, uh, with the hashtag, Bad Blood Will Rain, which of course gets the cogs going in our brain, thinking about what the hell is going to happen in this season. Um, And the trailer spot was... Basically, American Horror Story meets Dexter. At least that's what it makes me think of. Along with the fact that we only have less than a month until season 5 premieres, it is also a two-night premiere. So not only do we get the first episode on June 29th at 10pm, but we also get another episode the next night at 9pm. Words cannot explain how excited I am. Also, after the second episode on June 30th, MTV's new show, Scream, will be premiering, which is an homage to the original Scream movie. So if you haven't seen that yet, I would highly recommend checking that out, and I know I'm going to be checking out the new show. To add on to that, there was a trailer spot that, that MTV Scream made, um, which features Holland Roden and Tyler Posey um, as some of the murder victims, I guess. Okay, guys, stay with me on this one, especially if you ship Stidia on Teen Wolf, which, if you don't know, is Styles and Lydia. I love Malia, but deep down I will always ship Stidia, damn it. So basically, Lyndon Ashby, who plays Sheriff Stilinski on Teen Wolf, he tweeted about having filmed um, episode 10 of season 5 and how it was going to be super great and he was excited to see fans' reactions. And one fan replied to his tweet and basically asked, does it have to do anything with his son, Sheriff Zelensky's son, and a certain strawberry blonde confessing their love for each other? And Lyndon's response to the tweet was, Maybe? And so, of course, the Twitter sphere went crazy, and all the studio shippers were out in full force. Uh, it was just funny to see the reaction. And, of course, deep down my studio shipper side is like, I want something to happen. So those are all the updates that I have for Teen Wolf for this episode, but if you want to catch the next episode and see if there's any new happening, that will be awesome! <music> On to random but awesome bits of info from this week! Miss Taylor Swift was out in full force this past week uh, in New York City, walking around and enjoying the weather and everything with her friends. Um, looking fine as ever. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I used to not like Taylor, like, a lot. And I'm being 100% honest with you when I say that it has nothing to do with One Direction slash Harry Styles. Um, because, obviously, she was around quite some time before One Direction, and I didn't really get into them until, like, two years ago, I think. I don't really remember why I didn't like her. I just remember kind of rejecting her for a really long time. But since, like, November, December, she's really started growing on me, and I really have come to respect the person she is and everything she really stands for and... Her latest album, obviously, 1989, just drew me in a lot more than her other albums, and I've grown to really, really enjoy her music. So I'm really sorry for not liking her for so long, and I feel bad about it. But say lovey and moving on, and I really like her now. The next bit of awesome info, if you didn't hear about it, uh, Demi Lovato, along with her manager Phil McIntyre and Nick Jonas, they set up their own. Uh, record label called Safe House Records, which is just so awesome. I I love seeing artists nowadays, especially the younger ones, who are just taking the bull by the horns and really forging their own business beyond their talents, beyond what they have been doing for so long, I guess. Uh, You can see that with Louis Tomlinson. You know, he's like directing six companies, I think. There's got to be something so gratifying as an artist to be able to forge your own path. And, you know, especially for Demi, she's going to be releasing her fifth album under Safe House Records, which is just, it's so awesome. She gets to work hard and produce music that she's proud of and then release it under her own company, under her own label, which is just, I think that's so awesome for an artist to be able to experience and you never know, that could be something that Louis could experience, too. I mean, he created his own record label, which is 78 Productions Limited, and he's already signed two people onto it, as far as what the articles say. And I think there's the hope among the fans that Louis will sign himself and the other boys onto the label, which would give them so much more creative uh, freedom and an ability to experiment with their own um, music independence. Getting into the next little piece of information, um, Melissa McCarthy has been stepping out on the red carpet recently, and personally, I have always thought she was gorgeous, and she's beautiful inside and out, she's a good person, she's hilarious, I mean, you can't go wrong with her. But recently, she has just been looking like she feels so good. She seems to have lost a lot of weight, and being a person who has struggled with her own weight a lot i can definitely attest to the fact that there it is such a good feeling when you can step out and genuinely feel good about yourself and i don't necessarily mean when you look in the mirror and you think to yourself oh i look skinnier i just mean that internal feeling you get when you when you say to yourself i feel really good today you know you wake up in the morning you feel those that that type of emotion it's such a confidence booster, and you can definitely tell she just feels so good, I think. She just has been glowing. but It was kind of sad because I was seeing all the articles talking about how, you know, she looked so stunning and then things when she has been on the red carpet recently, but it was almost, the articles that I read, it was almost like they had a tone of she didn't look stunning before, Almost. That's how it kind of sounded, at least. And it's just a shame, I think, because she was stunning and amazing before she started losing weight. I think this kind of thought should be applied to anybody, really. I mean, we should be able to tell people of all shapes and sizes that they're handsome or beautiful or any nice adjective like that. And we don't need justification to tell them that they're beautiful based on the fact of are they skinny enough or is their skin flawless or are they dressed perfectly, for example. I mean, as far as the question of weight goes, yes, if your health is called into question, I think that there should be a reevaluation of lifestyle choices, but as long as you're healthy. And you're comfortable in your skin, you know, no matter what your size is, or your race, or your gender, or your skin color, etc., etc. I think that someone being comfortable in their own skin is beauty in itself. To add on to the story about Melissa, uh, she was recently on Ellen, and she talked about a situation in which, after Tammy, there was um, a lot of movie critics coming out and talking about... movie, of course. And she said she read one critique in in particular that talked about the fact that Melissa was only a good actress when she was attractive on screen and that she shouldn't allow her husband to direct her because he allowed her to be hideous on screen, which is just an appalling thing to say about someone, I think. Um, And she wanted to talk about how... She was at the Toronto Film Festival for another film she was working on. And he was there and ended up coming and talking to her. And she said they spoke for quite a while and that um, he seemed to be a very nice man and things like that. And she went on to ask, well, if this were a man and, you know, he had to look hideous on screen, what would you say to that? And the guy basically kind of skated around the question and went back to say well, you really looked hideous on screen, basically. Melissa's response was, I really hope you don't have a daughter. And it turns out that he does have a daughter. So Melissa continued and and asked, so if your daughter comes home one day and someone says, you can't have this job because you're unattractive, would you say, well, that's right? And his response was apparently very understanding, and and he was very shocked and said, well, no, I would never do that. It's definitely interesting to see um, things that people will say to other people and not think about how it it affects them. But then, of course, when it hits home, they're like, change their whole perspective on on what they might have said in the past. The last thing I wanted to touch on in regards to Melissa McCarthy is actually something really wonderful. Uh, Obviously, being a person who has struggled with her weight and being in kind of the public eye, she's always wanted to look, you know, good in her clothes and on camera. And she's run into a lot of situations where she will actually go to designers and they will refuse to design dresses for her. And obviously dealing with the struggle of finding clothes that you feel comfortable in and you feel confident in, she is very familiar with that uh, struggle. So she has been in the works of designing her own fashion line, actually, and it will release in August in most department stores, I believe. The fashion line will offer sizes 4 to 28, so she's definitely covering a wide range of shapes and sizes, which is wonderful. Uh, it will be on the expensive side. I think it was probably $59 and up for each piece. But if you are plus-size clothes, you're probably familiar with that type of pricing anyway. They tend to be fairly expensive. But I'm looking forward to seeing what type of clothes she brings out. Hopefully it's some plus-size clothes worth wearing. The next thing I wanted to touch on was the common theme of quote-unquote, too old for one D. I'm only going to briefly touch on it because another podcast that I've previously mentioned in one of my episodes did an absolutely beautiful segment on it, and I honestly don't think I could do better, so... Go check out Wine Direction. It's available on SoundCloud. And if you want to search through Twitter, uh, her handle is at One D underscore twenty something. But yeah, too old for One D is something that's talked about quite a lot in the One Direction community. I know it's something generally discussed amongst the younger part of the fandom, and it's it's not all of them. It's just some of them. And I don't want anybody thinking that the younger fans have a bad rap. It's just there are obviously a few bad eggs out there that like to speak poorly of the older fans. The common thing to say in response is, well, shouldn't you be at a job or shouldn't you be taking care of your kids or doing adult things? And basically kind of painting a picture of like a low life adult and someone who's just lazing about or still living in their parents' homes or or whatever, which is doesn't need a negative connotation anyway, because everybody has a, a story, everybody has a situation that they may be in that they can't control, uh, and it's it's not right of those those younger fans that do say these things to, to kind of persecute those people, in a way. And, you know, contrary to popular belief amongst those fans that do feel that way, a lot of the older fans are S- successful in their own right. There are people out there who have families that, you know, have fan accounts, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with loving something in such a way. Speaking for myself, I, I feel like I grew up very fast. I feel like I kind of missed out on the, some of the quintessential teenager aspects of life, and I got to a point in my life where I was kind of alone and didn't really have anybody there to kind of rely on and I think I just ended up turning to music and and it happened to be One Direction. And I found that it was very freeing to kind of harken back to those teenage years that I I missed in a way. And if any younger fan wants to say to me that I'm too old to like One Direction, this is what I would say to them. I'm a full-time student at a four-year university I have one more year left until I graduate, and I'll be graduating with a Bachelor's of Arts degree, with a major in Spanish, a second concentration in French, and a minor in British Communications and Media Studies. I work a part-time job, and have done so throughout college. I've had two internships, one of which I'm currently working for, and, believe it or not, I got it because of my love for One Direction. And you know what? I'm happy. I'm happy with myself. I'm happy with the work that I've done to get to this point, and I feel wonderful with the point that I am in my life. But just like everybody else, I have the stressful days. I have the days when I need something to turn to, and One Direction is that for me. They just make my day better, and I know that without them, I probably would be more stressed now, be more unhappy with myself now, and I'm honestly grateful that I fell in love with them. So. Nobody has the right to tell me what I can and can't love. And if you are in the category of, quote-unquote, too old for 1D, you keep on loving them. Don't listen to what other people say, because no one has the right to strip you of your joy and your passion. Bottom line. Sadly, but finally, we're at the final segment of this episode, the music recommendations of the week. My first recommendation is the song Paper Hearts by Tori Kelly. I have a major vocal crush. Is that a thing? That's going to be a thing. I have a major vocal crush on Tori Kelly because her voice is so beautiful. It's pure, it's clean, her riffs are impeccably smooth, and I've just fallen in love with her music. So definitely go check out that song, Paper Hearts by Tori Kelly. My second recommendation is the song Bright by Echo Smith, which isn't really a new song. It's been on the Today's Top Hits playlist on Spotify for, for quite a while, I think. Um, and it's been in a lot of, you know, TV shows, movies, things like that. Uh, I just, it's a fun song. It's quirky and very pretty, and I, I really like the lyrics and the tone of the song. And, of course, the lead singer's voice is beautiful as well. My third and final recommendation is Bad Karma by Ida Marie. Uh, it's a song that is on the Teen Wolf playlist on Spotify, and I just, I love it. It's grungy, it's, it's got this whole grungy rock vibe to it. It's something I definitely work out to, because it just pumps me up. And I just think you guys should go check it out. All three of these songs have been added to the Pop Goes the Culture playlist on Spotify, and I'll put the link in the description. So go check it out, follow the playlist if you like it, and you can stay up to date on the music I talk about on here that's it for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Again, I'm sorry that I was late on posting this podcast. I've just been really hectic with uh, my internship. But thank you for being understanding, and I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Feel free to leave me feedback in the comments section on SoundCloud, or if you just want to tweet me, my handle is at neverletgoharry, and the A in Harry is an X. Have a great week, guys, and tune in next Monday for episode four.